Star Wars 7x7 episode number 1999. Well, that corresponds with the year of release for The Phantom Menace, so we're going to take a timeout from all this Rise of Skywalker discussion to talk about The Phantom Menace and the themes of family you'll find within it. Punch it! Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. So if you've been with me for a little while, not that long, then you will remember perhaps that episodes 1977, 1980, and 1983 explored the themes of family as they were presented to us in A New Hope, The Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. So here we are in episode 1999 talking about family in The Phantom Menace. And interestingly enough, it is almost the opposite of A New Hope in its presentation of family dynamics. Specifically for A New Hope, seen from a certain point of view, it's the story of people from broken families coming together to defeat this evil empire or to deal a blow against this empire, right? Princess Leia's whole family was blown up when Alderaan got destroyed. Luke's father was killed 19 years ago, wink wink, nudge nudge, and he had his aunt and uncle killed during the movie Han Solo, who knows what his deal was at the time at least, right? And Obi-Wan Kenobi, his whole family, his adoptive family, his surrogate family if you will, was wiped out with Order 66 and the fall of the Galactic Republic. So yeah, we have people from broken families coming together against their will in the sense that the departure of them from their families was not intentional. However, in A Phantom Menace, the opposite is true. You have people who all elected to leave their existing families to be able to get involved in the fight that's happening here. For example, Anakin Skywalker, young Anakin, is able to be freed as a slave and he decides to leave his mother. Yes, he didn't have to leave, Unfortunately, Shmi couldn't get freed also. He could have stayed with her and still been free, but no, he chose to leave, and she said, nope, that's what you want to do. Go ahead and do it, which is naturally the kind of sacrifice any mother would make or most mothers would make, or <laughs> I, don't wanna, uh, I don't want to lump all mothers into one category because heaven knows your experience of your own mother might be different from mine or anybody else's. I think you understand where we're going with this archetypically, ar archetypally, archetypally, uh, one of those. <laughs> it's the sort of thing you would expect a mother to do. Then you have the Jedi Order, and the Jedi Order is a full working surrogate family for all intents and purposes, right? So kids come to the Jedi Order, and they are there of their own free will. At some point, they're going to decide whether they really want to stay or whether they want to leave and go off and do their own thing, but most apparently do not. There are statues of the Lost off somewhere in the Jedi Temple Archives of less than two dozen Jedi who left the Order. Although I don't imagine that that includes Padawans and younglings who are like, eh, maybe not, right? I think that's probably mostly masters and knights and so on and so forth. But yeah, they all have a choice. They can stay or go back to their own lives and yet they have become committed to the Jedi Order and dedicated to that family. And the funny thing about it is that 
Family works just fine when there's no conflict, when everybody just gets to hang out and meditate and do some lightsaber training and learn how to commune with animals and that sort of thing. Everything's fine. But when the Sith come along, well, yeah, that puts a wrinkle in things. And unfortunately, it kind of brings out uh, you want to say the worst in people? Well, you know, maybe that's pushing it a little too far, but think about the scene where Darth Maul kills Qui-Gon Jinn, right? You have Obi-Wan Kenobi going, no! And when he comes flying out at Darth Maul, that is not necessarily a Jedi flying out at him. I mean, yes, in, you know, all official capacities, sure. But do you think for a moment that Obi-Wan was going at Darth Maul with just defense and knowledge and, you know, peace and justice and whatnot. No, that was attack. We saw it. That was not what a Jedi uses the Force for. And that's what the Sith bring out in the Jedi, which is a really interesting conundrum for the Jedi. It's really easy to be separated from the world and separate yourself from all these troublesome emotions that come up. But when you've got to operate in the real world, well, then these emotions become part of the equation. And we see that family includes attachment, and attachment is something that happens within the Jedi Order, right? I mean, even Anakin says, you know, we're lectured against attachment, but compassion certainly is something that we should be keeping in mind. And, you know, this is all a part of his smooth talk to try to seduce Padme, right? Yeah, we're not going to get to Attack of the Clones for another three days yet, but <laughs> we're heading in that direction. Anyway, there is attachment that forms, and that is part and parcel of being a family. So even then in the airy, fluffy, no-conflict confines of the Jedi Temple where nothing bad is happening, or at least during certain extended periods of time where nothing bad is happening, attachments are still forming. It's still a family. It is not just a cloister of monastic meditators who are not having any emotional interaction with each other. So if it weren't for the fact that the Sith are just straight up evil and don't mind killing thousands, millions, billions, trillions of people to get what they want, enslaving people all over heck and gone, you know, there's a bit of a point that they have about bringing the Jedi to their level in a way, bringing out the emotions in the Jedi that they, you know, to some degree are trying to suppress, but it is kind of in the nature of sentient beings as presented to us in the Star Wars movies to have emotions and to master those emotions is ultimately what the Jedi are supposed to do, but you know, mastering them versus eliminating them? Well, yeah, it seems like ultimately maybe there should be some sort of in-between with this whole Jedi business, but <laughs> that is a discussion for another day. Um, I'm going to take a quick break, and then one last thing to wrap things up here. Stay tuned. Hey, Rebel Razor, I've made some changes to the Asteroid Belt level at patreon.com slash SW7X7, and they are all with sponsors in mind. So if you want to get the word out about your business, your product, your service to a dedicated Star Wars audience, then please check out patreon.com slash SW7X7 and look for the Asteroid Belt level for details. Again, that's patreon.com slash SW7X7. Welcome back. 
So I just wanted to follow up with something I mentioned a few episodes ago. So we've talked about my whole melanoma thing in the past, and I mentioned that I had another one that looked funny and had to get a biopsy for recently. So just got my results back, and all good, benign, everything's okay. So thank you very much again for everyone who dropped me a line to express their concern and good wishes. Everything's cool. Thank you very much. And that right there is going to do it for this episode of the show. Thank you so much for joining me for it, as always. And may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other related Star Wars items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2019 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.